It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. My name is Gavin Berry and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott and uh, Press Association's Andy Newport. And I'm delighted to give a very warm welcome to a special guest for this week's show who can give us an insight into the big transfer story concerning Rangers in recent weeks. It was way back in January the Daily Record first revealed Stephen Gerrard's interest in Zambian international striker Fashion Sakala who currently plies his trade in Belgium with Ostend. That story has progressed with the 24-year-old in advance talks with the Scottish champions and reports in his homeland that he has rejected big money offers in the Middle East in favour of a switch to Ibrox. We are joined today by former Belgian international Gert Verheyen, capped 50 times for his country and featuring at two World Cups, and he was the Ostend manager who signed Sakala from Spartak Moscow and can tell us what the Rangers fans can expect if he arrives in Glasgow. Good morning, Gert, and thanks. Good Andy. morning. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. Just before we move on to Sakala, uh, Gert, you, you spent 15 years at Club Bruges, and um, it looks like in your first season you played against Glasgow Rangers in those famous Champions yeah. games in 92-93. Can yeah. you, what are your memories of those games, and in particular the goal you conceded at Ibrox? The winning yeah. goal, did you remember? Yeah, that was uh, a terrible goal. We conceded there. Uh, for me, uh, personally, it was not the, the best memory needed because I missed a few chances. That's what I remember of that game. <laughs> yeah. But it was great to play there. Of course, uh, once in a lifetime, you should have played in Ibrox. And, uh, and that I did, so I'm happy for that. But uh, like a memory, because we, didn't, uh, we couldn't win. Uh, and it, you will never forget it because it was uh, the first, like you said, the first edition of the of the Champions League first year, and um, my first year also in Bruges. So uh, first season in Bruges. So uh, oh. yeah. a good memory to have played there, but uh, uh, because of the missed chances, not that great. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, it was a freak goal, wasn't it? Just the the, the bounce. And yeah, a, a terrible bounce of the ball, and our goalkeeper uh, Danny Verlinden, uh, yeah, didn't um, yeah, didn't see it coming too well, or uh, yeah, it was a little bit uh, strange how we how the ball was turning. Yeah, what other experiences did you have of playing against them, um, presumably with the Belgian national team um, when you stopped us qualifying for the World Cup? I think uh, were you part uh, of those things in Hamden? Uh, yeah, for the national team, yeah, it was it was a little bit the same, but always. But I didn't, I didn't, uh, I don't think we played, we ever played Scotland, did I? Or not? I don't really, uh, don't really remember. Just those games against Rangers are the games that stick out for you, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and as I mentioned, obviously the reason we've, we've invited you on today is to talk about. Um, 
Fatin Sakala. Um, have you read in Belgium the stories linking him with Glasgow Rangers? Yes, of course. And uh, yeah, since two of our Belgian teams played against Rangers this uh, this season, uh, we know them very well also. And, and of course, with, with your manager, with Steven Jenner, things like that. That's uh, that's how we get more news uh, into Belgium also. And uh, yeah, we read about the, the interest. There was already a uh, few teams interested from him, club team, uh, bigger teams from Belgium, Antwerp, this uh, this winter also. Um, because he had a very good season. Huh? And uh, and he's a, he's a free transfer. That's a big difference, huh? especially nowadays, uh, where most of the club seek players who don't cost too much money. Yeah. I think he's an interesting player. But still needs progress, you know. In these three years, it was in the three years in Austin, it was his best year last year because the the two years before and the first year was with me as a coach. Uh, he only scored three, and had yeah some difficulties to adapt on on the playing style and on the, on the competition coming from Spartak Moscow. But but the B never played in the first team there. Had to adapt really was a player who didn't get any real formation like in youth academies, uh, didn't know too much about uh, tactical knowledge, was, was poor, his space awareness, didn't know where to run. Um, and now this year, with this, with this coach in Austin, they're playing like sort of particular style. They are playing in on, uh, a lot on, on pressing, on counter-pressing. And when they get the ball back, Try to go as fast as possible uh, forward, playing on the counter attack. So it's a very specific style, and with the pace he had, he has a lot of speed. It's an ideal uh, way to play for him. So that's that. That really the the playing style of Austin this year suits him very well. He didn't have to think too much, just have to run and come with deep runs when they um, when they steal the ball. That is very good for him. When you talk about Real quality on the ball is still very average for me, and that's where he can make most of uh, of his of his progress. Um, can he do that if he if he joins Rangers? I don't know, but it's another level. He still has to progress to to reach that level, for my opinion. And scoring goals also, like I said, first year three, second year eight, now this year thirteen. He's progressing, he can yeah. score goals, but he's not the cool killer. He's not the guy who puts, uh, when he gets three chances, he puts two in. No, he puts one in when he has three chances. So he's, he's the guy in our league who has one of the most attempts on goal, likes to shoot <laughs> on target or off target, but shoots a lot. So when you compare that to the goals he scored, it's not that much, you know. Yeah, a few penalties also in those 13 goals. So is he an interesting player for me? Yes. And I'm sure that well, when he uh, gets to join Rangers, he will do good and be a great striker for your team. I don't know. I will. I. I have to see. I don't know. Yeah. This is the thing with Scottish clubs; they don't have the millions of pounds like in England. No, <laughs> So they have to look for potential and yep. players that they can coach and make, and develop and make them better. You know, uh, sure. so, on that on that matter, it's it's uh, it's an interesting player in Europe, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what what attracted you 
to Sakala in the first place, as you say, he wasn't playing for Spartak Moscow, only in the second team. Did no. you? What, what did you see in him that made yeah. you go and get him? His pace also, and then at that time, most of the time, he played from the left as a winger, uh, loving to come inside with the ball and then and then uh, shoot on goal with his right foot. Um, was an interesting player because also it didn't cost too much money. It was the same problem. Yeah? Yeah. Ostend is a small team in Belgium, had a lot of financial problems, uh, could sign him for, for very few money. Uh, so that's why, why, why we did it and we, had, we didn't have uh, 10 choices, you know. <laughs> it yeah. was him or nothing. Uh, but it, it was good, after all, it was a good transfer for, uh, for Ostend. And if you look now, you had uh, at that time, three years ago, had a market value of 100,000 euros, I think. Now it's, uh, it's worth two, two and a half million euros market value. So he did, uh, he did progress as a, as a player, that's, uh, that's for sure. But the, like I told you, the biggest problem was that, that as a coach, the, the more guidelines you gave him to go on the pitch, he was he had too much on his mind he's a player who should be uh play he loves to play football likes to train but with a free spirit mm-hmm. yeah. when he start have to start to think what to do what not to do is not a good player anymore and that also like the position playing from the, from a winger knowing when to come inside when to stay outside when to dribble when to pass when when to cross so that was all too difficult for him. So it was better to play him as a real uh, center forward, a real striker, uh, having the freedom to run a little bit where he wants. And now last season, also in the first season, sometimes we did it, playing up front with two strikers. And now this year is playing with a tall striker next to him, with Gaillet, a French, uh, French guy, a tall striker, more like a target, a target uh, striker. And that suits him very well. He's a runner. He can run everywhere, and the other guy, the big guy, the tall guy, uh, can hold the ball. That's a good combination for him. I get the style of, uh, of uh, Steven Gerrard, uh, I think, but uh, yeah, that's the way he played. Now, yeah, get the way Rangers plays with two playmakers, two number tens behind yeah. the striker and Alfredo yeah. Morelos. I mean, do you think that the way that fashions? You know, strengths would mean he's better as a centre forward. Most of the clips I've seen, as you say, it looks like he's sort of starting out wide and and drifting inside a lot of the time. But do you, do you think his best attributes are as a as a number nine in that sense? I think yes. I think yes because there also when you're playing behind, like two number tens behind the the striker in pocket position, there you have to be a smart guy, huh? and then playing between the lines and and uh, having that space awareness, knowing where you are, knowing where your teammates are. Uh, that was, and I speak about uh, about two years ago. That was too difficult for him. Mm. He didn't have that that tactical ability, knowing uh, uh, where to ask the ball, having to the, the the ability to turn quick with the ball when he's free, when to pass, when to play first touches. That's uh, that choice was difficult to make for him, but. Like I told you, maybe maybe uh, in those two years he did some progress on that style, but that's not the the way he's playing in the, this last year. He's just he was just running forward, using his speed, going deep, uh, coming with a lot of deep runs. Um, 
that's the way he's he's playing now. Is there a player that we are familiar with that you could maybe compare him a little bit to in style to give us an idea? Someone maybe in Europe just now or in England? Yeah. <laughs> well, not really because all the all the 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 good strikers or good uh, uh, attacking players who have a lot of speed in England, they are also good on the ball, have a lot of quality on the ball, and that's not really who he is. So there you have to be on good days, yes, but there's a lot of other days too, you know. That's yeah. uh, so difficult. I would. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it, it sounds it sounds as if if the transfer does happen, he won't go straight into the Rangers team. It sounds as if he's going to need some development and some yeah, progress. And I think is, so. Is that fair? Yeah, it may yeah. take him a while to yeah. to settle here. Yeah, I w it would surprise me um, whether he could become first striker from Rangers, scoring fifteen goals next season. Uh, I would be very surprised, but. Surprises happen in football. Eh? It's uh, it's always possible when he can progress. Or the guy is a positive guy, guy who's uh, smiling every day. So that uh, wants to work, wants to learn, wants to listen. Um, but not the most like intelligent players, like we say. It's not he's not uh, he's not like uh, like Kamaru for. Uh, Ryan Kent or, or Haji, who's, uh, the smart players, players know what to do when. Um, that's not him. No. And to play in Scotland and particularly for Rangers or Celtic, it's a lot about mentality and character. You need a set. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. You think he's got that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like I told you, he's, uh, he's a very good guy. Uh, good, very good mentality. And. Uh, Wants to run, wants to wants to work hard for uh, for the team. Yeah, that's uh, that's will no be no problem. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll we we'll, we'll see how that one develops. And get, get, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Yeah, with pleasure. And um, we'll see how that goes. Thank you and good very luck. Good. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks, nice Cheers, buddy. Well, that was quite pretty interesting, boys. I have to say that when I was listening to him talking. Um, my only fear is that I remember the last time I heard a description or a similar description to a player with that. Hello, we're going to say. Sorry, uh, that was that was what came to mind to me as well. Yeah, right. um, not that I want to, um, <laughs> not that I want to write the guy off before he's even signed a deal. But um, but I listen in a serious note as he was saying. It probably ticks a lot of the boxes in terms of he's free. He said there'd be worth two and a half million in the current market. That's where Rangers have to be shopping, really, isn't it? Yeah, they need to, they need to find rough diamonds, Gav. I mean, that's that's the market the old firm are in. We've, we've spoken about this before about the model going forward. Uh, no keep bringing it up but Celtic have obviously done it in the past with Van Yama and Van Dyke and uh, people like that where you go and you, know, you buy cheap and hopefully you can work with them give them a platform make them better um, and eventually you sell them on in a, in a few years um, and you're right this guy does sound like a 
know, like a real rough diamond. There's a f- no, there is. There's the kind of raw materials there, like the pace and the and the goal scoring and stuff, and and even the, you know, the good mental attitude. But it's, it sounds as if there's a lot of work to be done on, on other parts of his game. But listen, I think Steven Gerrard, you know, probably relish that. I think he enjoys that. You no, know, him and Michael Beale working on guys, making them making them better. Every every transfer, pretty much for the old firm. When you're in that kind of market, it's going to be a gamble, and it sounds as if this guy, this guy, will be no different. It sounds a wee bit similar as well, but I mean, if you look at Alfredo Morelos, I mean, yeah. the, way, the way that Gert was described, I mean, I don't think you could ever really say Morelos is like that. You know, he has had spells where he's he's you know missed bad bad chances, uh, big opportunities, and yeah. poor misses, and you know, and Rangers have been able to work at him and you know build him up, build his confidence up, build his his lethality, and, and if that's a word in, in front of a goal, and uh, you know that will be the hope if if they can bring this lad in as well, if they can if they can get him at a point where he, he's comfortable in front of goal and he's 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 taking chances, and the other thing as well, you know, coming at a team like Rangers, he'll get more chances than he than he's getting at the club he's at this now. So just with the fact that they're their team at the top of the, the, yeah. the league that they're playing, so yeah. you know, there's every chance that he'll, he'll get opportunities to score. It's just down to him whether or not he can if if he signs and if he can uh, if he can convert. Yeah, bottom line is if you don't have ten or fifteen million, there's always going to be a, there's always going to be an element of risk, isn't there? There's always going to be an element of gamble unless you're going to go and pay for the finished article, which is we know. Andy, I think you're right. I, I mean, I've probably been to a bit of flack on here sometimes because I don't. I've said I don't think Morelos is great on the ball. I don't think his no strengths are coming coming off and linking up. No one two is near the box and stuff. I don't think technically Morelos is brilliant, but he's got. I think he's improved. I think he's come on, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't think he's the finished article in that sense. No, but again, Rangers can still look to sell him now for. Yeah. No, a lot of money because of, because of what he's done, because of the work they've done on him. So, no, it, it sounds a bit like that. It's going to be a player they'll need to work, they'll need to work on. I don't think he'll get straight into the, the first team as the main, the main striker. But for, no, to get a free transfer, no, if he has got qualities like that, no, it's probably a no-brainer for them. No, exactly. I mean, as, as Gert was saying there, he, he buys them for 100 grand. He's now worth two and a half. If Rangers yeah. buy him two and a half, three years later, and then maybe three years down the line, they sell him for whatever, you know. A bit yeah. like, oh, so that that's the model it's got to be. But obviously, he is one for next season. So, I mean, that's with a view to next season, assuming they do get that one over the line and all things are sort of pointing to that. Um, but with Sunday night's defeat, to St Johnston was that I mean while Rangers obviously romped the title this season you know is, is that just a reminder that there's always room for improvement even though they're sitting 20 points clear you know you know they've got to look to improve on the cup competitions and then you're looking at the Champions League was it just a, not, just a wee reminder that you know there's still a bit to go yeah I mean for me just ever since uh, they, they've wrapped up the league there's just been you know that lack of intensity I think has come through obviously even the Europa League the way that that ended it was such an emotionally draining game and since then I think Rangers have really sort of struggled to get consistently back up to the intensity that they showed before winning the league and you saw that uh, on Sunday night they, they, in, in spells they, they played with that intensity especially at the start of the second half I think they must have had a bit of a, a roll from Stephen Gerrard at half time but it's just uh you know, it's hard to go to the well week after week, especially when 
you know, you, you've had such an emotional high. I know Stephen Gerrard said after the game that he didn't think that the emotional high was the reason for the sort of slump they've had afterwards. But mm. just human psychology, I mean, you've had to fight tooth and nail every week to get something the club have been long for for so, for so long. Mm-hmm. To then maintain that once you've yeah. achieved it, I, th- I think can be difficult, and I think we've seen that. And the frustration will be for the Rangers fans that you know a season that promised so much. You know, as, as much as you know, if you'd said to me at the start of the season, yeah. would the title suffice? Of course it would. But when you've seen what the team has been achieving, has been uh, achieving this season, the, the, the heights they've reached to walk away with one trophy, I think will feel you know a, a wee bit. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not it's not enough for what this team sh- should have achieved this year. No, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what Andy's saying, Gav. Um, mm. But I mean, in terms of Sunday, no, they're out because they no, they couldn't defend a corner. They did the mark a keeper at a corner. Yeah. I mean, just bringing it right down to simplistic terms. I think Rangers actually. actually as it got towards the end of the game, and obviously they get the goal. I'm thinking at one 0 Rangers actually deserve huge credit here for the mentality, the resilience. St. Johnson were so stuffy. It was a really difficult game, but I thought fair play to Rangers. They've stuck in. No, the Rangers actually had to defend well. I thought Hollander and Goldson were, were really good, up, no, pretty much up to the end. But it's the wee moments of slackness and no, lack of concentration, taking their eye off it, which I think cost them in too many cup games. And I thought it was the same on Sunday, I mean, you're one nil up. It's the last corner of the game. I mean, you do everything to make sure that ball doesn't get in the net. And somehow, the keeper manages to walk into the six-yard box and not a single person. I mean, I'm watching it on TV. I'm looking at Xander Clark thinking, I can't believe nobody's picking, picking this guy up. It's incredible. So whose job then? Because um, it's funny enough, I was talking to Fraser Wright for a piece in the paper um a piece in today's paper and that's what he says he said, he said I've seen goalkeepers come up but I've never uh, seen them not picked up yeah I've never seen it like it but it's somebody's job to organise so who you're looking at the goalkeeper certainly the goalkeeper and the captain and obviously Goldson comes into that kind of category as well as vice-captain. I mean, those would be the three, McGregor, Tavernier and Goldson. I mean, you're right what you're saying. I mean, every time you see a keeper coming up in the last minute, there's panic in the box and yeah. you see guys, you see it in the telly all the time, you know, goalies and defenders are shouting, somebody pick him up, they're dragging people about. Mm-hmm. You look at the corner again, I mean, there's, there's, there's people getting picked up beyond the, the penalty spot. I mean, very unlikely Andy's going to score for that distance. Why somebody isn't he screaming to drag somebody back yeah. just to stand on the keeper? I mean, honestly, a simple, a simple thing like that and Rangers are through, through to the next round. It's that. not as if he was uh, inconspicuous with that uh, bright green goalie kit and the big uh, easy top beard, does he? So it was unbelievable, Andy. I mean, very rare. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get a chance to. Ask Stephen Gerrard about it, we probably won't, uh, given the current state of affairs. But I mean, how or who he was expecting to organise that? Why? I mean, he, did, he, did spe- that? he did speak about it after the game, and his sort of message was that, you know, it's such a unique situation. It so really happens you see the keeper coming up, and that you don't, you know, pre match, you don't prepare for it. It's not, you know, everyone goes out with instruction at set pieces who they're picking up, and nobody's ever told, right? 
you're marking the keeper. Yeah. Um, but that, as you say, that, 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 it comes down. It comes down to you have to problem solve on your own. You have to. Yeah, you have to adjust and adapt and see. <laughs> there's this big six foot four goalkeeper standing unmarked in the six yard box, and you know it's, it was a you know very very costly mistake. And what I would say about Rangers this season, I think generally speaking, they've been quite good at seeing out games, but you know failed to see the game out at St Mirren in the League Cup. Yeah, failed to see out St Johnston in midweek with Kamal Roof trying a mm-hmm. you know ridiculous goal. effort for the halfway line. It cost him dear because St Johnston got the part and get a penalty, and then again, you know, just carelessness. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Just not showing enough attention to detail, the big details. In the final minute of a game, there's a guy stood unmarked in the six yard box. It doesn't matter if he's a goalkeeper or not. There's a guy in the six yard box that's unmarked, and that just can't be allowed to happen. You're right. Given the quality that Rangers have shown in the league this season, as you say, and the levels that we know they can reach, for them not to get to a semi final in either cup competition is is really poor. And Gerard will be well. He is frustrated about it. He said himself, one one trophy out of nine isn't isn't good enough. Um, how he remedies that, I don't know. Whether it's mentality thing, whether it's I don't know depth of squad or whatever, so you can get you no, know, you, you get to the last stages of these competitions. But you look over the three years, I think it's Aberdeen twice, Celtic Hearts, St. Mirren, St. Johnson. I mean, that that's no good enough for Rangers, especially after three years in the job. So I was looking yesterday. It's a quite incredible stat, but of the last um, fourteen title-winning seasons for Rangers before this season, the last fourteen, there was only one of those where they failed to add a cup on top of the league. Ninety-four, uh, ninety-five, the year that Rangers won seven in a row. I think Wraith Rovers won the mm-hmm. league cup and Celtic won the Scottish cup. It's quite incredible that the league never comes really on its own, and I suppose that shows you the difference. And uh, I suppose that shows you it's about as uh, a as a mentality thing. It's about being ruthless, as you say, Andy. Not just winning the league and then you know the celebrations and say, "Well, that's it, we've achieved it." But I suppose the difference is uh, that um, I suppose the difference is for this squad is that, that that the league was the be all and end all. You know, yeah. they had to get. You need, you need to remember where Steven Gerrard was coming from and what he inherited and to build a mentality like that where you're absolutely ruthless and you want to hoover up trophies maybe takes a bit more time, you know, they've done the first part, but... And I think, I mean, I do think the fact that they've had the league wrapped up so early. Yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're, it is an anti-climax after that because, yeah. because nothing, even a Scottish Cup win, nothing is going to match emotionally what the club went through yeah. last month when they when they wrapped yeah. up the fifty fifth title and, everything, and you know all the emotion in the last ten years came pouring out. We saw that with the dressing room scenes. We saw it with the fans outside Ibrox. So obviously there's going to be a dip off after that. And I mean I think it's just human emotion. That's what it just come down to human human nature that mm. in terms of your intensity levels there's going to be a drop off and. Unfortunately, that's I think that's what's cost Rangers this uh, in terms of getting a, another trophy. Hopefully, for Stephen Gerrard's per- perspective, next season things you'll you'll get back to a more normalised schedule. You're certainly not going to have this sort of condensed Scottish Cup campaign. It means you can you can try and plot your way through the seasons and you know get the players to peak at the right time. Now he's he's had this thing where the, the, the team have peaked to win the league. They then had the or the roller coaster that came with the Europa League game, an old firm game after that, and it's then you're into right now. You've got a quick fire Scottish Cup campaign, and it's just trying to get the players to continue yeah. peaking, peaking, peaking yeah. week after week. 
thing is, though, thing is though, it's going to be harder, even harder to win cups next season because there's no doubt in my mind Celtic will be better. No, I think the likes of Hearts will be better. Um, I, I think it will be even tougher next year. I know, I know this season that you no, know, they've stopped the ten in a row thing and all the pressure was in the league. I mean that will be different next year, but there's no getting away for the fact that we we Celtic going out. Well, Celtic get out of the League Cup so early and then Rangers actually putting them out the, the Scottish Cup. It was a golden opportunity for for Rangers and Gerard to go and win at least one of those trophies. And that, that's that's what will be really irking them at the moment. And I, mean, Rangers, I mean, Rangers are always a team that are there to be shot at. Yeah. But even next season, now being the champions, that carries an additional burden. 100%. Yep. So, so next year, the you know, Rangers are going to be the team that everyone's going to be gunning for. And, you know, so that they'll have to meet that challenge as well. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, um, after the Celtic Scottish Cup, uh, when Steve Gerrard actually said himself, he said, we needed this game because, as you were saying, there was that dip. He admitted himself there was a dip after winning the league and that the Celtic Cup tie got them back in focus. So I just wonder why they, they got up for that game, but not the St Johnston one. Do you think it was maybe once the obstacle Celtic were, was removed that they thought, you know, was a bit of complacency? Maybe I'm, I'm not, not as on it. I'm not sure. They were, I'm not sure it was a case of them not being up for St Johnston. I, I think they were up for it. I just thought they found it a really difficult game. I mean, a really difficult game to create guilt edge chances and, and even in saying that they did create chances no, they had good chances in the game that you know, if they'd have taken one or two particularly Morelos then the, the, the tie could have been wrapped up but I go back to what I said they actually did really well no, to cope with the fact that they, they hadn't scored in 90 minutes to cope with the fact that it went to extra time they were under pressure they do brilliantly to get the goal and they've, they've kept St Johnson at bay despite them being, being dangerous on the counter-attack. I felt they actually did a lot of things right, but it just boils down to that, that lack of concentration, you know, that taking eye off the ball at the corner. It's just, it's, no, you keep, managers keep talking about no moments, no, these games are decided moments. That was the that was a prime example. Tavernier comes up with a brilliant moment where he takes responsibility, gets into the box and comes up with a brilliant header that should have won them it. But in the other box, no, the big moment, nobody takes responsibility to go and go and defend and mark the, the keeper and they, they paid the price. And you just you just knew no, you knew when that goal went in, <laughs> the way football is, you just knew in the shootout there was no way Rangers were going to win it. Yeah, and just, I mean, I think St. Johnson deserves credit. I know this is a Rangers podcast, but I think St. Johnson deserves a lot of credit. I mean, they might not be the most sort of glamorous team in the eye, but that sort of that back three of theirs, uh, with sort of Liam Gordon, Jason Kerr, and, and uh, Jamie McCart, and uh, the, the two wing backs as well and, and you know Ali McCann and Liam Craig sitting in front of them as you say Scott they are so stubborn and, and hard to break down and it's uh, you know you can find that you know in a, a wee bit in the sense that like what Rangers do to European teams they force them wide I think Rangers get forced wide time and again and we're just putting crosses into these big three sort of giants at the back that were just heading away for fun and Rangers perhaps needed to show something a wee bit extra a wee bit extra gale but say you know it's you know given what they've been through 
you know, was there maybe just a wee bit of tiredness in the, in the head as much as was in the legs at times? I don't know. I'd, lo- I'd love to see the running stats, Andy, for that game. I've, n- I've never seen an away team. I don't think, uh, very rare that I've seen an away team work as hard as that mm. at Ibrox. I mean, in terms of like, sheer running power, getting getting up and down the pitch, you know, to, you know, to defend as well as they did, but also pose a threat on the, the counter. And I think you're right. I mean, no, I, everybody accepts Callum Davison's done a brilliant job. He might now go on and get, get two trophies, but I think just taking the Rangers, you know, the games against Rangers, I think tactically St. Johnson have been as good as anybody at coping with Rangers or you know, countering them and, and giving them real problems. And I think, think Gerard would say that himself. Yeah. And just, so just on that point, Andy, because you're obviously saying that, you know, St. Johnson deserve credit. I see a bit of a debate now over, I mean, Gerard, Stephen Gerard probably would have been everyone's pick for manager of the year. Does Sunday night change it or... or Specifically, I suppose, if St Johnston win the Scottish Cup, who would be the manager of the year? Would St Johnston's two cups trump the historic title for Rangers and romping to it? Um, I think in that sense it probably would if he if was to go and lift the Scottish Cup um, the beauty of uh, the football writers is I've already submitted my vote so <laughs> I don't need to worry about that um, <laughs> uh, That's a cop out I don't see the deadline so um, <laughs> uh, No I mean it's a I mean put it this if you if you're a manager of a provincial club and you take them to win two trophies in the same season, I mean that's you know that's astonishing. You know, I mean, is that, has it ever been done before? Is that no, is no, a non? Is I a non? Yeah, I, mean, I don't the, think it has. Is it? Yeah, the, the last non-old firm manager to do it was uh, Alex Smith with Aberdeen, I think, in the right. 89, 90 or. Uh, but even even with that, uh, I mean, if you're talking about Aberdeen, you know, yeah, Hearts, Rangers, yeah. Celtic has been the sort of big five. Somebody been oh, yeah. sort of out with that. I mean, no. to do that is is incredible. So, yeah. and then you had in the top six, the qualify qualified for the top six, yeah, and you know, yeah. they're now pushing, you know, pushing for a European slot as well potentially. And, and the fact he's in his first season as a manager, I mean, take, taking over for yeah. Tommy Wright, who did so yeah. well at Saints, yeah. and yeah. I think if you had done as well with it. I actually had a pretty poor start, so yeah. I mean, he's really turned it around sort of since sort of December, uh, January time. Uh, the clean sheet record has been phenomenal as well, so yeah, he deserves a lot of credit, and I think Scott's right. I mean, certainly, latterly, certainly this week, you know, Saints have caused the uh, Rangers a lot of problems, and they've just, you know, I know it was obviously a sort of largely second string team that played them in the league on Wednesday night, but yeah. Rangers have not really ever looked comfortable in terms of how much they can break them down and that's that's to Callum Davidson's credit. Yeah. I think I think if you get the two I think if you got the two trophies, you're right, two trophies in top six for a provincial club would be unprecedented and it would be a that, that makes a huge decision, Gerard or, or Callum Davis. I think Callum Davison probably would just edge it. But I mean I suppose slightly Try to stick up for Gerard. I mean, as well as the league, you need to take the European run into consideration as well. No, yeah. for Rangers, I mean, Gerard's European record's been phenomenal so mm. far, and they do it again. No, when there was the backdrop of the no, the league being so important and stopping ten their own that to get to the no, to go and get to the last sixteen of the, the Europa League uh, was another great achievement. So to do that and the way they've romped the title, no winning it in March, then he's obviously got a strong case. Yeah. You submitted your votes too, boys, already? I haven't yet. No, I'm going to wait <laughs> until the last minute. So just finally, I mean, obviously looking ahead to the old firm game now, I mean, how does what happened on Sunday change 
the mindset of you know the psychology of it because Celtic have obviously you know Rangers have got the measure of them. Um, does it give Celtic a bit of a lift seeing that you know seeing that and will Rangers be deflated? How how will it impact on the game? Do you think? I think I'll tell you what I think, Gav. I think, and this might sound daft because Rangers have won the league, and a lot of fans might disagree. But I feel as if Rangers owe their fans a performance in this mm-hmm. Old game, a real big performance, even though it's a it's a dead rubber. Um, I think in the last few, for listen, the, the cup tie, Rangers were better. They were clinical, ruthless. No mm-hmm. look like scoring. Uh, pretty much every time into the box, but obviously Celtic had a lot of chances, missed mm-hmm. the penalty and stuff like that. Um, I think in the league, obviously the last couple of firm games, Rangers haven't quite been at it despite getting uh, good results. I just think after going out the cup and the way the season's kind of no, petering out a wee bit because the league was wrapped up so well. I just think they owe the fans a really big performance against mm. Celtic where they're on the front foot they're going for the jugular there's obviously nothing to lose um, I think that's what Gerard will be will be looking for on Sunday I, th- I, mean, I think Scott's right I think there's I mean, it's, again it sounds strange to see this given that they've romped the league but there's now a few question marks being asked to Rangers about just you know that mental side can't, mm-hmm. how can they handle when their pressure is really on yeah and you might see that. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's as Scott says, it's a dead rubber. There is no pressure on this, but from a, you know, just from a sort of neutral point of view, looking in, fans will be going, uh, well, you know, can, can Rangers handle, can this Rangers team, even with a title in the bag, can they really handle the heat? So, you know, this is a, an opportunity for them to go out and, and set another marker for next season and just sort of reiterate who really is a sort of top dog in, yeah. in Scotland. So do you think, I mean, what about giving, you know, like, you know, Jack Simpsons or, or even John McLaughlin a run out in goals or, or Cedric Itson up front? I mean, do you think... I think Scott Wright should play. Yeah. Uh, I think he's I think he's shown enough. I don't think MD's really grabbed... Obviously, Aribo did it in the old firm cup tie when he was pushed further forward. No, that kind of right-sided number 10. Aribo played really well that day, but... No, Gerard put him back into midfield um, the other night. So if he does that again and he's looking for somebody, you know, another attacker, I think Wright has done enough to merit a, a start. Um, I know he started the St. Johnson away game in the league. And by all accounts, he was Rangers' best player. So, I mean, I think he is really pushing for a start. Of the other kind of fringe guys, I'm not sure. I'm not sure like a Roof and Hadji and Itton of... Have really, have really done enough. Um, I'm not sure what you will know better than me what Scott Arfield's situation is, but I would like to see him coming back into the back into the team if he's if he's fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you no, know, we find a place for him, but certainly of the guys on the fringes, I think Wright is the one pushing. I think he deserves a start in a big game. Um, and it's listen, it'd be good. I think it'd be good for Stephen Gerrard to see Wright. In an old firm game, just I know there's no crowd and pressure's off a wee bit, mm. no, but, but that almost makes it kind of perfect game to put them in and say, right, when you go, no, playing an old firm game, show me what you can do. And I, I think he's, I think he's capable. Um, so of all those guys, I think he's the one really, really pushing. Yeah, I think you're right, Scott. I mean, he looked very bright on Wednesday night when he got his, his first yeah. goal for the club and then it was only, again, Xander Clark heroics that sort of stopped him getting a second one when he came on and again, he looked very sort of full of energy and, you know, determined to sort of drive at the, the defence. So, um, 
but uh, I'm not sure there'll be too many other changes. I don't think, regardless of the, the circumstance, I know Firm is the is the occasion to sort of ring the changes and you know yeah. give fringe men a chance. I think, generally speaking, you always have to go with your with your perceived to be your strong your strongest eleven. No, you don't want to lose it. That's for sure. Whether it's unimportant, I know. As you say, if you're talking about putting markers down for next season, you certainly don't want to lose the last old last old firm game of the season, especially after getting out of the cup. That's great. Well, we'll be back next week, I'm sure, to uh, pick over the bones of the final old firm game of the season. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us um, for anything we've discussed today on Twitter, Scott's on at Scott McDermott eight, Andy's on Andy Newport PA, and I'm on at Gavin Berry DR. So thanks a lot for your time, boys. And we'll see Thank you. you. Thanks, boys.